I think it's like a journal, but also like understanding how I fit in with the actual world. Hey guys, you're listening to uh, Andreas Talks Art with your host, Andreas Kramer. Do you remember when you first got into art? I have an older sister, You said it was like big as you were a kid. Did it always like, was it always a big part of your life? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. My dad went to culinary school, so he would express himself with food, and then my whole family just was really bit creative when it comes to that kind of thing. Okay, that's cool. Did you take a lot of art classes in school? Um, well, growing up, I was like yearbook editor. Um, I took a half day art program in digital media arts um, in 11th and 12th grade in high school. So. Did like lots of weird stuff with like photography and I like Photoshop and Illustrator and that. Um, there was a lot of different things with like logo design and like t shirt press, like and stuff. Yeah. That was cool training for sure. When you say lots of weird stuff with photography, <laughs> it's just like um, making surreal stuff. So okay. I did like this room with, um, sorry, with uh, like a sailboat and like ocean and. I like made it so that it looks like you're like entering this like space that wasn't actually real if that made sense. Just like exploring my like path yeah. deeper than I do now with my art because that was like 2009-2011. Yeah, I do more like painting now. I don't do as much photography, but that was kind of like the first taste of it that got yeah. me into it. Um, I did oil painting in college in 2012. Um, that's actually one of the best years. So I studied under an artist named Mark Dennis, who's really awesome. He has a studio out of New York City with oil painting. Um, he just really inspired me. I got into a car wrestling that year, so that class was kind of like my art therapy. It helped me a lot, like making my like, emotions steady. In yeah. college, you know, everybody's kind of stressed out, so art really was there for me during that time. This thing was just like, when you say when you say art was there for you, like in what sense? Um, it provided a sense of grounding when a lot of the rest of my life felt turbulent. Um, I guess it was like a consistent thing. I you know, I'd always go to the studio and listen to my music and kind of 
get in the zone for a few hours and that would be like the set time when I could be calmer running from college at that time it was I studied psychology at that point um, I actually graduated with my degree in social work but at that point I was a psych major and so the classes were like really clinical really scientific and a very different thinking than this type of thinking yeah so that's balance I guess right yeah I'm sure that was like Cool, like working with both those two at the same time yeah yeah left brain right brain for right sure. so it sounds like you've explored a lot of different different mediums from like logo design photography oil painting yeah do you now do murals mostly murals mostly so is, yeah. is that like your favorite thing to do now yeah i like to do larger than life yeah um, taking over that space it's kind of like leaving my mark in a positive way because i think i can contribute through my art in a positive way to my community so that's my way of doing it okay that's cool where, yeah. where are you doing these murals are they in public spaces or um uh, probably here at under art society the okay. one upstairs um c martinez and i did um two actually we collaborated on the stairwell going downstairs to those studios and then on the back door i have one as well um i did a collaboration in the past with the arvada fire department where i did like a large scale piece that had smoke alarms on it and then i painted over that um that's at one of their locations right now in arvada but um yeah i don't know I did one in school that's on the Auraria campus. Okay. Um, so that was really fun. And there's one at River Barn Gallery that's in Reno. Um, I think that's all of them. I used to have one at Spectre, but I don't think it's up there anymore. Okay. They always change that. So. Yeah, yeah. Similar, similar here, too. Yeah. Is this something you're doing more as like a hobby for fun or like more um, so as a, as a job or career? Well, it definitely goes hand in hand with my career. Um, right now, I work as a behavior therapist as my day job, but originally I wanted to do art therapy, and that's kind of been the direction I've been going since I was about 15. Okay. Um, so art and then my day job have just kind of been intertwined, and it also has a lot to do with my own mental health. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of hard to go a day without doing something creative, which yeah. is a good thing, I think. Yeah, I feel that too. Yeah. <laughs> I go a little like... I don't know, I feel like I just get a little weird or like a little crazy if I don't like get my creative out. Totally, totally. How'd you like decide to get into or try to go get into art therapy, like mesh therapy and art together? Um, well, I was talking to a social worker myself and I remember being in a session and I was like, oh, I just want to help people every day and want to make art every day. And she just goes, you should look into art therapy. Um, it's not something most people do at the bachelor level, so I had to earn my bachelor's in something else, so that's why. I started with social work, so I'm a BSW, um, RPT actually, um, so that a behavior therapist is an alphabet soup after my name. But anyway, um, I started with that, and then I actually got into a program internationally, but wasn't able to go. Um, I would be in Australia right now if it wasn't for COVID. That game changer. <laughs> but it's okay. I'm glad that I ended up with the company I work with now. Um, and they actually want to help me potentially with my master's later on, so I'm excited to still work with that. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. Would does did it have anything to do with like your crash or like art being like a therapy for you when you were, when you were younger? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um I remember going through well, I had some trauma when I was a little kid yeah. and it was repressed for years. Um it came up when I was in middle school and then I really got into jewelry making, um, doing those like little movements with I don't know, like bending wire and making earrings and stuff just really helped me like realize that I'm in the now instead of being in a past space because all these memories are kind of coming up from my trauma. Um, I'm definitely in a better space now. I still make jewelry too. Yeah. But um, 
yeah, it's just like that was really there for me when I was in middle school and then again in the parks and in college, this painting class was there for me and I've kind of just circled back and that's probably um, a big part of why I regularly do those murals is because then I can incorporate um, that healing into my life a little more regularly and intentionally and share it too with others, you know? Yeah, no, that's super cool because you, you learn from the process while you're making and then you're able to put it out for others to learn like i mean never receives it in their own way but yeah that's cool so you were saying you you were painting with one of your clients the other day yeah um so i work with kids all under the age of six right now okay um and so the client i was working with did some glitter paint it was really fun oh, um, nice. they really like baby sharks so <laughs> they did that in their session they wanted to glitter paint on the baby sharks <laughs> well, what's, what's that like working with uh, six-year-olds? Oh man, um, well, my client's actually there. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old and a three-year-old right now. Okay. Um, it's definitely unique. They're not very vocal with um, my right. specific cases. And so I'm doing some sign language with them, and I'm incorporating a lot of play therapy and art therapy into those behavior therapy sessions. Um, there's a lot of emotional regulation that I'm trying to help them with, and it's hard to do that when you don't have the words to those yeah. abstract emotions and those abstract thoughts. Um, but yeah, I've learned a little bit of sign language. <laughs> um, I learned this is more and all down, and I use those all the time. <laughs> so yeah, it's fun. Um, definitely like seeing how these kiddos like express themselves differently. Um, in the past, I worked with a little girl who. Um, she like drew a picture of herself and then drew colors over that picture um and it was kind of her way of like letting you know like this is how i feel that day um i remember it was kind of like this gray cloud and then there was some blue over like the throat um and i don't know if you know that much about chakra energy but the blue is the throat chakra color um and it's just, it just kind of her way of telling me without those words to say hey i'm in a bad mood or i'm uncomfortable or whatever it was that day specifically with with her, um, it was her way of telling me through her art how yeah. she was feeling. So it was really powerful, specifically, but regularly too. Yeah, that's cool. Have you, I know everyone always says like art's this, this big form of expression. I feel like myself a lot. Have you like noticed that through? Through using art therapy, that like, I mean, I guess definitely with the kids who aren't able to like form words or, or talk fully, like, have you been able to communicate through art or? Yeah, um, I think art and music hand in hand for sure. Um, one of my clients we do like a walking piano. That's really fun. A walking piano, so it's really big, like almost as big as this table, and you can kind of dance on it and do some things with that. Do a lot of stuff with classical music as well, um, and that positively influences it. Um, you know, there's like play-doh and slime, and it's kind of like temporary sculptural type things. With sand. Um, yeah. Just all sorts of different things. Lots of painting, drawing. They love glitter paint. <laughs> I love glitter paint, yeah, so I get it. <laughs> yeah, um, but just definitely like incorporating these different mediums. Um, I've done glitter making in the past with some older girls, um, and then also that clay that like dries. You can leave it out. Yeah. It just dries and then paint it. So there was a couple of kiddos that gave those to like their families for for holidays. That was fun. Yeah. So when you're doing these like exercises with the kids, are you 
uh, asking them to like portray certain things when they're making these, or are you just letting them, it letting them go? It um, depends. Sometimes it's free flow, so yeah. a lot of therapy is really effective when it's kind of free association. Um, with this specific, there's goals that I'm trying to work towards, um, and, and each person, of course, is different in case by case, but um, I work towards these goals, and then once I achieve, or not achieve, once I help them work towards them, um, I kind of fill in the gaps with like play therapy and different activities. So, um, sorry, I don't know if I actually answered your question. <laughs> I kind of like circled around. Like I try to go by a schedule, but yeah. like it doesn't always work. You know, when they're so young, yeah, it's just kind of like, well, what do we want to play with next? What do we want to do next? Um, but yeah, it's, I guess I do a lot of um, drawing and painting mostly right now. Okay. Do you, do you use any of these like techniques you use on your clients and yourself when you're making art? Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah um, I have some books from an old supervisor. I'm from New York originally. That's where I went to social work school. So I had a boss out there that shared a book on um, child and adolescent art therapy with me. And I do some exercises from that book on myself, even though I'm an adult. Yeah. Um, and then I've tried them in the past, you know, with the kiddos. And then actually before COVID, I used to be an art teacher and a dance teacher. So I would kind of incorporate some of those positive thinking and strengthening practices from that book um, in those art classes. So it's really fun. Do you have any favorite exercises? Oh man. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think it's important to like meditate on what your strengths are um, versus like being kind of, I know it sounds kind of weird to say this, but like low vibrational, you know, like, like lower thinking versus, um, you know, about like your, what you can do versus what you can't do. Right. Um, so there's a lot of activities connected to like, you know, drawing a spiral and then identifying, um, you know, things that you like about yourself, writing in that spiral or tracing your hand and making it like a tree. <laughs> and um, then writing like a quality that you like about yourself on each of it. I don't know if I'm doing it. I just keep hitting it. It's like, yeah, it's like on the swivel and it's kind of weird because the chair. Um, Maybe it'll stay. It doesn't stay. I can mess with it. Okay. I'm not a tech person. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's cool. Thanks. So I feel like it's a lot of like, like, med like focusing on like being in the present with the, yeah, like the creation definitely. like since art is a very physical like you're using your hands I, I know that like with me that helps a lot i like to like like touch and feel things like if i have something in my hands i'll just like play with it and so art has helped me like um, focus that and not just have it like feel i mean my art is chaotic but it's not like where it's like like i'll think about like the, what I'm doing with my hands a lot. Mm -hmm. It's tactile for a lot of people. It kind of grounds them and brings them like in the present moment versus like stressing about the past or worrying about the future. It brings you into the now and reminds you that with your two hands, you can have a positive impact on the world around you. Um, over COVID, I went through this like interesting meditative process where I was thinking about like the flower of life and how it connects to like us as individuals and how we can make that shape with our hands and then together with other people through time, we can make that positive change way so definitely identify with that tactile yeah um, you know, just bringing us into that moment and like reminding us that hey you can have an impact just yeah so. can you talk more about the flower life so like oh, with sure. it connecting with us is that solely just with us being able to make that shape or is there um so i have some kind of interesting like philosophical like 
theological ideas. I went to Christian school kindergarten through 12th grade growing up. I actually okay. graduated um, second in my class from that. So while I was going that half way to art school, um, I was also you know, talking about um, theology with a guy named Dr. James Forrest. Um, so he would just kind of like answer all sorts of weird questions that I had on this topic, and I would kind of like throw things at him. So I kind of view things in my life now through that same lens still, and it's kind of hard to like shut that front of my brain off. But during COVID, since I had so much time to make art and um, kind of get into my own thought process, I was thinking about my study in the past of the flower of life. I've drawn it many times, um, and it's helped me like understand like I guess balance and how things can like fit together, but also like if something's a little bit off, it's still the complete thing is so beautiful, even though it's imperfect. I've messed it up many times or messed it up, but you know, it's just part of the process. Um, but anyway, I was thinking about how each of those times I did it differently. So I've done it with a compass, I've done it by tracing the circles differently. Um, I had focused on the triangle part, I focused on that seed shape, um, and each time it taught me something a little different about myself and my own process. Also, patience. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was thinking about um, my own two hands and what that taught me and how it grounded me. Um, but then how when I joined that process with another person, like how we are with this podcast right now, or even us linking up at the gallery, um, if we come together, we can make that bigger impact. Um, but it's that 3D action through, I believe, 4D is time. That's what I was talking about, at least through those conversations with that person. Um, anyway, I am... Um, uh, 5D is like the potential. So our potential or idea um, comes through time, through our actions with our hands, and then we manifest it into a 3D reality of art. Yeah. You know, like you think about art before yeah. you know, sometimes you do, you at least have the intention to make art, even if you don't know specifically what you're going to make. Right. Um, so that's that, like, like you want, and then it takes time to make your own, and eventually it's an actual reality that it can influence others, you can share that um, with others. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it's related to manifestation too, which is like, you know, the popular law of attraction, but it's way deeper than that. You know, like we can affect other things in our life as well. Yeah. So it all it all stems around the, the potential. Yeah, totally, totally. You have to have the idea first. Yeah. Um, whether it's you know something that we consciously think or something that you know like we're influenced by So so after like getting into this has um is this something you are consciously yeah, thinking about when, when you're creating and making art? Oh, all the time. I can't yeah. shut that filter off. Yeah. It's a little bit too much. Actually, Tim and I, when we were painting the mirror last night, we were talking about some interesting stuff for sure. I mean, anytime you're in here, you're talking about artists and creative spirits. It's definitely an interesting little like bubble that we've created. Like Denver as a whole is really creative, but like when you put yourself into gallery spaces like this or or like Spectra, or like Rhino Arts District, you yeah. kind of end up with like, or at least I, I should say, end up with like this sweet perspective of like, everyone's creative and everyone's expensive, <laughs> but like then I go out and like, the rest of the world, and that's not the case. Like the people yeah. with my day job, like, don't do stuff like this. They have like 20 projects that they have not finished. <laughs> I call it Tales of Unfinished Art Project. Oh yeah. Yeah, everybody has tales. them. <laughs> but um, yeah. That's so. interesting. So, so working with with kids and like doing art with all these people, um, do you think that everyone has has creativity in them, or and they lose it at some point, or they? 
I mean, there's this quote I think from Picasso that says that like everyone is an artist, but just some people forget. Yeah. I think that everyone is an artist. When I used to, I used to teach um, elementary and high school art, and so when I did that, I could definitely see that um, that desire to want to create, even those kiddos that didn't have the confidence to do it. I think that some people have um, those resources to do it. Right. And other people don't necessarily have that encouragement or those resources. Yeah. In social work school, I came up with this kind of philosophy for myself that I also view the world this way. But it's that like every single person's doing the best that they can with the knowledge, resources, and motivation that they have, including time. That's one of those resources. Um, but I mean, like you and I, to a CEO, to someone you know, out just doing their best, you know, on the street. So. I just, um, I try to do that perspective, you know, when it comes to like kiddos, when it comes to people that I work with, but in that teaching situation specifically, um, the people that didn't have that self-esteem, you know, from the home environment or even, you know, from the classroom setting, it kind of showed in that creative process, like being more apprehensive or, or the people who maybe were more athletic versus wanting to be more creative, you know, there's nothing against one or the other, like I personally am both and I think it's healthy to do both, but, um, that confidence is a component. And so bringing that confidence into like, the art room as well as the gym, as well as the classroom is really important for kiddos, for sure. Yeah, that's interesting because I do feel like confidence is a part of it, a big part of it. Um, but one thing I've noticed is a lot of artists outside of their art um, aren't as confident and they mm-hmm. use their art to, um, like that is like where they find their confidence in art and a lot of other areas is like with myself, like. I'm confident in art, but a lot of other areas I'm not confident in, mm-hmm. and it all like goes into my art. I think it's kind of twofold. It's like look at me, or not, not look at me. Sorry, it's like look at my art, don't look at me kind of thing. Right. Versus, um, you know, like having that confidence of that look at me mentality. Um, and then we know there's like different parts of art. Like when I used to teach dance, I would perform sometimes with that, and so those people have to be that look at me mentality, right. which is not my comfort zone at all. <laughs> But in that teaching setting, again, I was able to put myself out of that comfort zone for them. Um, but then, you know, also like what you were saying, it's it's like opportunities to build confidence. You know, like I get a little bit of confidence, or I mean, I do at least when I see art downstairs, or right. even doing this podcast, or when I sell stickers to share art with people. Yeah. When somebody takes a picture and is like, "Hey, I put this on my sketchbook," or "Hey, I'm wearing your clothes," you know, like, that's a really cool feeling. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do tie dyes too. That's what I said. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so where's I guess where's your where's your comfort zone? Um, I like painting for sure. Um, I think just because I have that like connection to it being grounding, and so I do that regularly throughout my week now through painting murals mostly. But um, I also live paint with a band, so that's what I'm doing. This piece is not completely finished, but. Um, I like paint with a band called Black Market Plantation. So they're a punk band and they tour around Colorado. Um, and I often stand next to them with my canvas and so <laughs> do my thing. So you're on stage with them? Um, sometimes I'm on stage, sometimes I'm kind of in front. Um, it kind of depends on the setup, like how crowded it is and stuff. You yeah. know, like drums, of course, and guitars. Like, you take priority over my easel. And plus, um, that punk shows people, you know, like, feel a little bit nauseous sometimes. Then all right. the stuff to get like wrecked. 
get stuck in the yeah. middle of the mosh with your canvas. Well, there have been a couple times when I've been like standing off to the edge, like not actively painting, and I've wondered if my thing is just gonna get like punched. Like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, um, at Steel Pan PMP, I was thinking that the other day. It's in Colorado Springs. It's, it's a really awesome venue, and I'm definitely gonna go back there and, and like paint again and actually leave art for sale. I haven't done it yet, but that's the intention is um, later in April to leave art, at, art there. Um, just. I've got to figure out which pieces that you temporarily part with, you know, how you kind of get attached yeah, to your art. Yeah, it's like a part of me, you know? Yeah, I feel that. So how do you, well, I guess first off, what's that like, like painting with your hand? Are you, so do you think of like what you're going to make before you go or do you just free flow when you get there? Is it based off of music? I've been doing it for a couple of years with them. Yeah. Um, they are an improv punk band, so every single show is different. They also collaborate with poets in the area who workshop different um, you know, different poems and song lyrics and stuff. So sometimes they record it. They actually have a couple albums, which are really, they're really good. Um, but it's just different every single time. So I've been working on this piece specifically for, oh my gosh, maybe the last four shows that I've done with them. Um, so maybe the last like, month and a half. But I also have a large four feet by two feet canvas that I've been working on as well. I just, it's gonna sound really lame, but I have to like fold down the seats in my car when I bring that one to a paint or to like a thing. So I just, you know, sometimes I bring this one when I can't like fold down the seats in my car for like other reasons. You know? um, but that's like a real life art problem. <laughs> um, so I'm working on this one and the other one simultaneously. Um, the other one is giant and it has like, this waterfall oh. in it and a girl laying down and then like another girl um, kind of in the clouds sort of thing. Um, it's half finished as well. It just again tells of unfinished art projects. I need to work on it. Sometimes with the stage lights it's difficult to do skin tone. So that's where I've been like kind of struggling with that. Like I mean I like every other artist struggle with my, my process sometimes. And so I've kind of paused with that larger piece because I want to focus on the skin tone like in my apartment where I can control the lighting a little bit better and not have those like neon lights, you know, like above me. Some light painters are um, a little bit better at planning ahead than I am and do like lights with batteries or with cords, but then it takes a little bit more planning. It also kind of throws off the visual sometimes for the band and I do like you know save with them. It's just like a little more of a spotlight on that situation, and it yeah, does look yeah. really cool, but it also kind of looks cool to have one co thing. Yeah. So, how'd you get connected with the band? It's kind of a funny story. Yeah. Um, it's been more than two years, man. I think it was like 2018 or 2019 that I started with them. Um, yeah, it was, it was before the plague, so to speak. <laughs> um, but then we made it through still. Uh, so I used to live on the apartment building when I first moved to Denver. I moved out here in November 2015. I got hired with the Red Cross. So I lived there in that building for a while. And then I just moved not that long ago. But um, the first floor of that building was the bass player in the drum or in the, sorry in the band yeah. and he would see me like bring in my canvases and like struggling and stuff and then I would see him like you know like playing in different instruments and stuff all the time um and then one day he was just like hey like what's your deal what do you do <laughs> I was like oh I'm Caitlin you know like I own exist by my art and I paint sometimes I work with the galleries and he was like well I'm in a band and we wanted to have an artist come but we don't know anybody who's like reliable enough to come and then yeah. also that we trust you know because that's like a symbiotic thing of like inviting somebody to events to perform it's, it's a trust thing you know yeah. 
So um, he, I think we hung out like maybe once or twice. Like I invited him up to my apartment, and then um, I don't know. I just went to a show, and it's just they invited me ever since. They pretty much told me I have like a standing invitation, so they get booked by different places in the state, and they go, and I'm invited. I don't know. It's nice. I appreciate it. I don't know if that sounds weird or not. No, that's awesome. Yeah, it's nice. He's really nice. Yeah, um, so it's Cliff, Justin, and Chris are the guys in the band. And what's the band's name? Black Market Translation. Black Market Translation. Yeah, they're awesome. That's super cool. Thanks. Has that uh, like affected or changed your art at all? Um, yeah, definitely. So I would say that I definitely do like well, I paint more frequently <laughs> because they invite me out to do this yeah. stuff. Um, I worked on this on Monday night actually, and I wouldn't have painted that night if like, hey, come do your thing. Yeah. So, um, I kind of usually aren't Monday nights, it's usually Wednesdays or weekends. That was kind of an off weird thing. But anyway, um, yeah, it definitely it encourages me. There's more opportunities. Um, I show art right now at Lions there on Colfax, and I was able to get in there because the band invited me to paint there. and then. Manager the bar was like, hey, you like your art, you should bring some back. Um, that place in Colorado Springs, Stuart Panic PNP, they want me to bring art there as well. Um, I would have gone there as the first place yeah. if it wasn't for demand. So just, I guess, getting my name out there a little more. Right. Um, you know, like it's, it's going to sound weird, but it's, you know, this is you know kind of thing sometimes. You know, like I got invited to do this stuff, they were expecting me to come and paint. I wouldn't just be walking around with my canvas and stuff <laughs> normally, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's a lot of fun. Though. They accept you and they love you. I get positive feedback too. There's some people that follow the band that have watched me change my paintings throughout because I do try to bring some of the same pieces. Um, There is some gigs that I'll just do like, (laughs) I like to do palette knife painting. So I'll do like brush strokes, kind of like this, but a little bit rougher, more like the girls. Um, and I'll cover it, and then I'll just do them and all over it. And that's a way to do one piece beginning to end in like two to three hours. But I personally would rather spend like 30 hours on one piece and have a really high quality piece that I can then reproduce into prints or into stickers and be able to share with more people in a different way. Um, you know, like a functional gift type art sort of way, um, instead of having, you know, like 10 pieces that I spend three hours on each that are good, but maybe not my best work ever because of this, you know, that stage light contrast and feeling nervous, you know, I still get performance anxiety sometimes when it comes to like doing that, but thankfully in that situation, this is going to sound really silly, but like, it's socially acceptable to stand with my back face towards the audience and stare yeah. at my thing and kind of like ignore people, but not yeah. exactly ignore people. Like they know that I'm doing my thing and I will still talk to them, of course, but like, you know, there's that set yeah. time of like, I'm going to be painting when the band is playing and like people don't typically talk to me then. It's more like after the shows, you know? Okay. Um, but yeah, I just, I get nervous and sometimes I want to like get in the zone just like everyone else. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of performers and painters just kind of like end up you know, like, like I focus on one or two things that I end up doing, and then I pour the paint for that on my palette, um, and that's what I'm working with that night. It's better to, like, focus on that one thing, and I know that sometimes the musicians will just, like, stare at one spot on the floor when they're trying to, like, focus. That's my way of, like, okay. staring at the one spot on the floor. Like, you get it. Yeah, that is actually what I did last, oh, okay. was the course. Yeah, and then I added part of this quilt. Oh, 
Wonderland drink for you, but we'll see. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So, what's your what's your mural process like? How do you find oh, a man. place to paint? How do you start your idea? Like, how's easier said than done. Yeah. So my first ever mural, um, I kind of had, uh, it was like a weird, unique process. So I did take a mural painting class in college, but the first mural I did was before that class. It was at Art Space. It was on a big wood panel in their patio area. Um, and again, it's been painted over. That was years ago, I think maybe 2017, 2016. Maybe. It, was, it was a long time ago. Um, it feels like a long time ago, at least, just in like terms of the art that I've made. I've made a lot of art since then. Anyway, um, for that one, I took a canvas. It was vertical like this, and I like cut it with me and kind of compared it to the wood panel. And then, um, and then I did it was like a silhouette of a person in like yoga pose, dancer pose, um, and it was inspired by me. Actually, I had like planes of color around it that were representative of the aura, um, and it wasn't any like specific. You know, planes are a little, kind of an organic shape, so um, if the line didn't look perfect on my, on my finished mural versus what was on my canvas, my reference, it wasn't the end of the world for, them, for me. Um, but that was my first one. I I went to a yoga class at a place called Greenlight Reiki. Um, I think they're on maybe Walton Street now, but I had a vision of this artwork before I painted it. I was doing a restorative yoga class, it was really, really long pose for like 10 minutes, and I just had pictures going through my mind's eye, and I had my eyes closed, and one of them was this, this painting, and I was just like, I need to paint this. And so I put it on a canvas, and then not that long after, I got the opportunity to paint the mural, and I was just like, I need to, this is the art, like I know this is the art. Um, and I actually told, um, her name's Kathy, is the owner, I talked with her about it afterwards, and she was really excited about it, she's, she's a Reiki master, a Reiki healer, so she understands, you know, like, getting inspiration from different places like that, so. Um, but then I did the mural painting class, and I learned about gridding and, you know, different processes, um, so there's a way that you can kind of sketch out something that is, a similar dimension to you know your wall and then um, you can grid off your sketch and then you can do chalk to grid off the wall and sketch it with chalk and then fill it in with paint um, some people use house paint with pigments um, i do acrylic paint sometimes it depends like the one that tim and i did last night was acrylic paint um the one that c and i were doing was a mixture of acrylic and house paint um, I don't have a lot of access to the pigment drops. I haven't invested in that personally yet, so that's why I haven't switched to the house paint. Um, but it's more cost effective that way. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. you just get like different colored pigments that you mix in with house paint. Yeah, it's it's like bottle kind of like the size. And yeah. It's just like little drops, and you have to mix all your colors. So I guess it's like kind of the easier way to use already mixed acrylic paint yeah, versus yeah. like using the drops. But um, in art school. Yeah. What I did was the, the drops with the house paint. What's like the hardest thing about making a mural? Oh man, um, I think collaborating with other people. I love working yeah. with other artists, but sometimes it's like consistency and you know, like showing up. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just it takes time. A lot of people have day jobs. We have to. Right. Well, most of us have to, and so um, I guess it's just 
just consistency, like just keep showing up. I try to come specific days, and so I set aside that time in my schedule semi-regularly. I like to give myself permission sometimes to take a day off from my art stuff if I need it. But, um, but yeah, on those two days a week, I know that I am going to be working on something creative, whether it's here at my apartment. Sometimes I'm so so. For example, in the piece with C right now, there is a person-sized fairy. That is next to some blades of grass, and she oh, doesn't have wings yet. Um, she's inspired by my friend. Um, oh my gosh, her name is Destiny. That's not her name online, but I met her when I was doing AmeriCorps service placement in Virginia. I mentored teenagers with her, but um, she was our model for that. So yeah, it is a person. Um, she lives in, I believe, Georgia now, and she's a fashion designer. So that's kind of cool. She owns a company called The Koi Brand. But um, she is our model for that. Um, and I think one of the dresses that she designed is the one that inspired the piece in the mural. But the fairy that is in the mural didn't have wings yet. So I sketched that in my sketchbook. And I went like way over here. I don't remember what the original question was. <laughs> it's sketched something, the fairies in my sketchbook, and then paint them, I guess. Paint what I sketch. I that's, how, that's my process. And that was the original question, right? What's my process? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Right now, there's just like an outline of a person. She is not yet a fairy with wings. I would like to make her a fairy with wings, so I would sketch that in my sketchbook. Um, I'm probably not gonna grid it out just because those butterfly wings or fairy wings are a more organic shape. Yeah. I am pretty confident in my process when it comes to that. My strength is more like mandalas, flowers, other things, glass, um, like wood textures. My strengths are not figurative, so that's part of why I'm collaborating with C because she's amazing at figurative. Nice. I'm a collaborating with artists and they can share their strengths and we can, you know, combine forces and have a better finished product. Yeah, that's cool. That goes back to like what you were saying earlier about like um, using like as as a therapy and like really like discovering and like knowing your strengths and yeah. find other artists you can work together with so you can both like you guys can both shine in your own way. Totally, yeah. totally. Collaboration over competition always. Yeah, that's cool. Do you have any any tips for anyone who wants to get into mural painting? Oh man, um, I guess try to connect with galleries. I think that's where most of my opportunities have come from, to be honest. Yeah. Um, let people in your life know that that's what you want to do. Yeah. Talk to people. You know, like you might know somebody who owns a business or know somebody who manages a space that wants it all painted. Or, yeah. you know, like a space like Denver Art Society where if you're a member for six months, you can paint in there. Um, there's lots of wall space and you want it covered. So, yeah. <laughs> um, structure art space too. I guess connecting with um, smaller galleries is, is a good opportunity as well. Because there's just a handful of managers and owners there. And so having those connections is really important. And, and saving and Kayla gave the opportunity to come to the so shout out to me for sure. That was my first one a long time ago. That's super cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it's been, it's been super good talking. I have, uh, I have one more question for you. But before I ask you, where can people check out your work? You got stuff in Denver Society, obviously. Yeah, um, I have some jewelry downstairs and stickers. There's a couple of canvas pieces up on the wall, and I've got some tie-dye t-shirts. So um, yep, that's at Denver Art Society. I've got some pieces, I think records and stickers at Spectra Art Space. Um, I want to get some art for sale at River Gallery, but I just have a mural there. Um, steel, steel pan PMP should have my stuff soon. Um, the lions there at Colfax have my art. 
I think that's it right now. <laughs> I know you yeah. existingly vibrant. Um, exist vibrantly. Exist vibrantly. Art. vibrantly. Um, yeah, on um, Instagram, that's my Gmail yeah. if anybody wants to email me, but Instagram's better. Um, I think I'm still on Pinterest. It's been a while. I'm not the most responsive on Facebook, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those, those are my, my things right now. Um, oh, I'm on uh, Etsy as well. So that's my like shop. Um, so that's Etsy.com slash art. I do frame artwork there. Sometimes people want to buy like for, um, for like events, like weddings and stuff. People will buy a bunch of origami creams. Oh, okay. um, and I've sold like strings of them with beads there. Um, I Man, some jewelry. I think I have like a crystal crown on there for like festival attire. Um, there's a design your own tie dye link on there, so all sorts of different things. Some illustrations and things too, but I feel like the custom stuff is more exciting. Yeah, <laughs> it's all it's all exciting, but yeah. that's awesome. Thank you, thank you. Right. So, Caitlin, I'm wondering what does art mean to you? Oh man, um, I think it's like a journey. It's for self exploration, but also like understanding how I fit in and connect to the world and how I uh, personally have a positive impact on my community. Um, again, through that gallery of art, to humans thing. Um, it's funny that we talked about that because I haven't really shared that with other people that those ideas. But anyway, um, I, I guess, yeah, I guess it's like a philosophical journey for me. Um, it allows me to be grounded and come in contact with this moment, you know, versus that worrying about the future, the past, and stressing about those things that we really can't control at the end of the day. Thanks for listening. Share this with your friends if you liked it. And don't forget to be cool. Peace out.